Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the program. Always an honor to sit in for Jim, play a small role contributing to the biggest and most important show in our industry. Brian Weber with you. The goal is to be interactive. Phone calls taken selectively at 1-800-636-8686. Although it's summer rules, I'm open to having a few more phone calls if you can get past executive producer Tom. Plus, because the JTP was in action yesterday, I have to boost my power rankings among the guest hosts. That's coming up. So maybe if I take... A phone call today or tomorrow. I'll move from 7th to 5th, and then we'll talk about how things come together prior to the holidays. As always, your best bet is Twitter, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, emails, RomanHaveATake.com. Your interaction coming up in 20 minutes. If you've not heard the dulcet tones, where you been? But I am always delighted to have the opportunity to be in the reinforced chair And if you've had to endure this act in the past, you know, beyond projecting, enunciating, and speaking quickly, I have a lot of content in the game plan. That's the roadmap. We'll deviate based on your interaction. So I got to cram four and a half hours of material into three hours that we have allotted in this program. And as a veteran of working, the summer holiday shift, this is a aberration. We have real news. I've been through summers with you when we were on Aaron. Watch, 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 watch for Aaron Rodgers. And Dak, watch, 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 watch. We'll do a little Damian Lillard watch. Even I can't sell myself too hard with that bit. But we got all the fallout from Victor Wembanyama, who on Friday night, according to the internet, was going to be the biggest bust we've ever seen based on one lackluster game at Summer League in Vegas. And what do you know last night? The kid can play 27 and 12. I'll give you my takeaways, and then we'll come up with realistic expectations for the most highly hyped phenom in basketball since LeBron James. Baseball at the All-Star break. I was a laps baseball fan. I got a lot of mileage as a fill-in host, and I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. Your voice can be heard at 1-800-636-8686. Hit me up on Twitter, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. No threads as of yet because I can barely handle the venom on Twitter. I don't need more social media in my life. But in the past, when I was looking for content on the day before the All-Star game, I would come with a baseball bat, like Al Capone in the Untouchables, team, team, and just destroy Major League Baseball. I have to begrudgingly give MLB credit. The pitch clock has changed everything. It's a much more watchable product. Plus, we'll talk about in 20 minutes, a wonderful confluence of young, shining superstars. And wouldn't it be great tonight? I know it won't happen. And I'll be watching Home Run Derby because I'm the key demo. And it's not a bad feel. Pete Alonzo's won it a couple times. Mookie Betts, another leadoff home run over the weekend against the Angels. He'll be part of the names you know. But wouldn't it have been fascinating to see L.A. De La Cruz? Because if you're not paying attention, and I understand we fall into the lazy habits of everybody's the next Mickey Mantle, 
Mike Trout was supposed to be Mickey Mantle. And what do you know? We're not going to see him for probably two months with Shohei Otani hitting home run number 32 over the weekend. He's a once-in-a-century talent that we're going to put into perspective in the second hour of the program. Just two guests along the way. I do my best to bring you the skinny, quote-unquote, rundown. 140 Eastern. We talk baseball at the All-Star break with Keith Law, a tremendous baseball journalist now working for The Athletic. We'll wrap up the program in addition to the NBA insights I'm about to provide. 2.40 Eastern time. We'll talk about the latest on Dean Lillard and how long it's going to take for Lillard to wind up in Miami when we say hello to Eric Pincus, a Bleacher Report. But baseball has been a very compelling product this year. So I'm going to mix in just enough baseball to prove that I am not myopic, Jim's favorite adjective. I'm not going to be a slave to the NFL, but coming up in 40 minutes because I want to keep my job, we'll try to figure out where DeAndre Hopkins is going and should the Patriots pay him whatever he demands to try to jumpstart their stagnant offense that is coming up. Let's talk NBA as promised. It was a weekend filled with bright, shiny new things. And I don't want to deviate from Wemby too far, but because I watched the entire show, and by now it should be evident I have no life, that's theoretically why I have a degree of interest as a fill-in host, I watched the reveal with all the particulars of the first-ever in-season tournament coming up in November and December. I'll start with the name, the in-season tournament. We've been hearing about this gimmick for a long time, so months of opportunities for the marketing staff of the NBA to come up with the right branding. And the best they could arrive upon was the in-season tournament, okay, as opposed to what? The preseason tournament, which is exhibition basketball, and the postseason tournament, we call that the playoffs. So the name's got to change. And we're just spitballing here, but I'll give Adam Silver a few free ideas Because it's in November, how about Fall Brawl? Not great. Maybe too violent. Plus, I'm stealing from old-school World Championship Wrestling, and the Nature Boy Ric Flair might woo at me. Got to have a better name than the in-season tournament. As for the minutia, I'm not going to get you bogged down in all the details, but everybody's playing. They split the teams into pools, and all that's going to do is try to goose casual fan interest on the games that are going to count towards the in-season tournament standings and round-robin play on Tuesdays and Fridays. Okay. Now, load management is still going to be in the mix, so I don't think that's going to motivate, say, Kawhi Leonard, who's made of glass, to play a game that he was going to sit out. He's not going to come to Ty Lue and say, oh, it's Friday? Wait a minute. This is going to count towards the in-season tournament? I'm going to get out there and try to actually contribute to my team. So, I hear a lot of people saying, what's the point of this? Or it could somehow diminish the integrity of the regular season. The regular season is meaningless. Think about what happened in terms of the contrast between the 82 games that go largely ignored, unless you're a hardcore hoops fan, and what we saw in the postseason. The Lakers, as a seven seed, made it to the conference finals. I realize they were a vastly different team after the trade deadline. The Heat were an eight seed. They got all the way to the NBA Finals. So don't tell me that the regular season means anything. It's just a device for the NBA to try to do something. 
anything to extend the window of interest beyond the summer, which they've done a nice job of hijacking with free agency and now Wemby Mania. So let's make the move to what we saw in Las Vegas over the weekend. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Hop aboard at 1-800-636-8686. Emails are part of the equation. It's an ATP Monday, so get them going now at RomeAndAvitake.com. And I'll read your tweets coming up in 15 minutes as curated by executive producer Tom, who's still riding high coming off one of the best smack-offs in recent memory. I'll say the best smack-off of the simulcast era. Well, I felt bad JT came in the Monday after the simulcast and is now the resident historian of the jungle as the original smack-off champion. So I'm going to have to mention, you know, in 1997, I could take you back to a take on a Tuesday. Ah, Mike and Dr. Tola. Anyway, here we are now in the present. And Wemby Mania, and I'll have a quick Britney aside coming up, because I was on the radio all week long last week. I had the misfortune of clicking on Twitter before I started my show. I saw the erroneous early report that Britney got smacked and was knocked down. And I know my weaknesses. Suddenly, I did three hours of Britney Spears radio. Now, thankfully, that was a different program. I just did 12 seconds. We keep moving. But apparently, the curse of Britney was lifted because Wemby looked all right on Friday. And my counter would be, what did you expect? I understand the hype machine had been cranked up to 130. But we do have to be fair in our analysis. And I also give him a lot of credit. He's probably too honest because post-game he talked about feeling gassed. It was clear he was winded. He hadn't played in a long time. He's playing with dudes who he didn't know and guys he's never going to see again after the Summer League because it's the Summer League. The vast majority of players who were either competing in Salt Lake City, Sacramento, or the bigger stage in Las Vegas. And it felt like a very big Vegas event because of the sellout on Friday. That place was juiced. Less atmosphere last night, but another big crowd. All to see the French sensation. We have to remember the contributing variables that led, I think, to a underwhelming performance on Friday, and I watched the entire game. I watched the entire game last night because I want to get a better gauge on who he is. I saw all the wonderful clips you did on YouTube. I call college basketball, so I follow what's the next big thing out there on the landscape beyond the one-and-done guys. We knew about Giannis. Nobody could say his name, not even David Stern on draft night with Atenta Kumpo. Giannis, to me, was much more raw when he got here from Greece The Wemby to the Hall of Fame argument sounds like this. What you saw on Friday and much better last night because he had more confidence, because he had more reps in shoot around, and he was able to shake off the 2 of 13 performance on Friday. The passing is spectacular. The court vision is going to be a massive asset. He's, we keep hearing conflicting heights. Let's just call him 7-4. He's 7'4", but he plays like a guard. And some of that is by design because when I was watching him, and he's dribbling a little bit too much in my estimation, but here I am now getting carried away with summer league action. Give it to a guard and and go set up shop wherever you want to. But at first glance, he looked a little bit like a more mobile Sean Bradley just because of how lean he is. 
but he's 19 years old. Believe it or not, I was lean at 19. Perhaps the last time. How am I doing with the steam? A big week of steaming. I might have no voice left in the final hour, but that's the trade-off I was willing to go through. He's going to fill out. I don't think he's going to be rookie of the year coming up, nor should that be the goal. They should be careful with minutes. They should spend the majority of time talking about the Spurs. And here is Greg Popovich parlaying yet another lottery miracle into a five-year contract at the age of 74. My man's getting paid massive coin on his way out the door. The priorities for Wembanyama come down to this. Spend time in the weight room. Let the physique fill itself out. He's going to have to get more comfortable with a little bit of contact in the paint. Now, he doesn't have to deal with Bill Lambeer punching him in the face. The bad boy Pistons are not walking through that door. But given his height, he's going to have to match up, even with, say, Joel Embiid, and Embiid would wear him down right now, as he should. Because Embiid, if he's going to be healthy, that's the big caveat, is a grown-ass man. But everything I saw in both of the games only validated what I had known with the small sample size of the YouTube clips and what I'd seen on NBA TV, he's can't miss. The problem is the burden of expectations because there's no direct cup. The other thing that we knew coming in, and we saw it repeatedly last couple games in Summer League, he's a transcendent rim protector. And he's going to average four, five blocks a game plus. You saw what he was doing, extending the defense, making three-point shots, much more challenging. He's comfortable taking threes because after Steph Curry, that's all anybody does throughout the world of basketball. He's going to get better in that area, but here's a 7-4 guy knocking down threes like Ralph Sampson would have back in the day if he was allowed to. Put it all together, he has unlimited potential if he can stay healthy. If we're talking about big men, let's play the hits. Bill Walton with the foot injury going back to the first title in Portland in 77. There's a reason Sam Bowie was a legitimate top three pick. People forget how good he was at Kentucky. Couldn't stay healthy. I remember the Greg Oden-Kevin Durant debate, and that was a real difference of opinion. Unfortunately, Oden just could not stay on the floor. So given his frame and his physique, that would be the level of concern. But the skill set is extraordinary. And I was glad Kareem was on hand on Friday because that's the comp I was thinking of to this degree. We've known about certain phenoms in the past. LeBron changed everything. We knew about Otani coming from Japan. The question was, how would it translate? Pretty damn well, I would say. And the Angels should move him prior to the deadline coming up August 1st. I'll hammer that coming up in hour number two. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he was Lou Alcindor. Kids, I'm going to take you back to the hot tub time machine. Before I was born, and I'm way old, he was on the cover of real magazines, like Time Magazine, Life Magazine, because he played in New York, Power Memorial High School, because he was better than seven feet tall, and he was kicking adults in the rear end. He comes to UCLA, dominates, goes to Milwaukee, wins the title. Early Kareem, though, got pushed around in the pros and then developed the skyhook, which is still the most unstoppable shot in basketball history. There is a precedent for big players living up to the hype. This is slightly different because of the international component, but it's the logical extension of where the NBA has been going for years. 
Just think about the last handful of MVPs in the NBA. Giannis and Joker going back-to-back. Arguably should have won three in a row, but in no way can you undermine what Embiid did in the regular season. The problem for Joel, again, is the injuries flaring up too much in the postseason. And now we have the summation of all of these different skills. It's a Frankenstein of sorts. It's the passing of Jokic, who did things in the postseason statistically we had not seen a center achieve since Wilt Chamberlain. That's how unique Nikola Jokic is. But remember, he was a second-round pick. We've all seen the clip that went viral. ESPN was running, what, a Taco Bell commercial when the crawl went by that Jokic had been selected in the second round by the Nuggets. He's got that skill set, but he's taller, he's leaner, he can dribble, and maybe as his body fills out, he'll become a double-double guy with the possibility of triple-doubles like Jokic because of the court vision. But we live in a world where we want it. I want it, Oompa Loompa, and I want it now. Let's give Wemby a chance to actually grow up in front of all of us as a collective, let his body mature, and somebody should let him know that Britney Spears will not be the last rando to tap him on the shoulder. And I have broken down that video like the Subruder film. I still don't know what happened there. Was it the security guard making contact with Britney, or rather the director of team security, or did Britney get contacted in the hand and hit herself? I don't know, but I know this, and I'm on team Britney here. Britney has gotten so screwed financially, primarily by her father, I want her to get every dollar she can because that tape, if you just introduce it to a civil jury, I bet you get enough people and and we also have the fame element. Britney should get paid based on that kerfuffle. Now, you can argue, and I guess according to your report, she was also using a British accent. Hello. Here is this strange woman. And she's what, about 5'3"? And I'm I'm on Team Brit Brit. But I was just doing the tail of the tape. If Wemby's 7'4", he probably got poked and not shoved. He he got tapped. Tap, tap, tap. And, and maybe the mid-spleen region and then the backhand came. But I'm glad that the curse of Brittany has been solved for now. Unfortunately, moving forward, we all should be patient, allowing Wembenyana to grow up. But I know that's not going to happen. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Your thoughts? on where Wemby goes from here when we get to the regular season. We'll see how much more he plays in the Summer League action in Las Vegas. 1-800-636-8686. What do you think of the in-season tournament? Or at a very minimum, its name. Do better than I did. How about with the Britney tie-in? Hoops, they did it again. That was lame. BWW. In just under. 25 minutes. We'll move to the NFL, getting closer to the start of training camps. DeAndre Hopkins is available. Dalvin Cook is available. Today, I want to talk about the premier wide receivers still out there. Given just how anemic New England's offense has been as of late, with Kansas City reportedly still in the mix, Tennessee willing to overpay, should the Patriots go all in to get Mac Jones a weapon he desperately needs. Coming up, your tweets. Plus, I'm a baseball fan again. It's 1978, and I'm hanging out with the San Diego Chicken. It's the baseball bunch today. Home run derby tonight. 
How much of a missed opportunity is it for baseball that rookie phenom L.A. De La Cruz turned down an invitation to take part in the competition over the weekend? If you missed it, he stole second, third, and home in the same inning. He's already hit for the cycle. This guy is the real deal. I'm Brian Weber, trying to move from number seven on your power rankings of guest hosts. Just get me to number six. That's all I'm looking for. I'm needy, and I'm in for Jim Rome at 1-800-636-8686. Just getting warmed up on a busy Monday. Weber in for Rome on CBS Sports. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Brian Weber back with you. Always an honor to keep the chair warm while Jim is enjoying his vacation. If you want to know what Jim is up to, check out his Instagram stories. Jim's out there checking out a concert last night, it appeared. I'll let you hit that button and soak it all in. 1-800-636-8686. If you're hanging on the line, I want to be transparent with you. Clock management is not my strong suit. I went along with the monologue, so I'm open to phone calls in the next hour of the program, and that's my pledge. So you want to hang up, or you can just hang on the line. Tom loves that. Don't cost nothing. 1-800-TOLL-FREE, 636-8686. But to be totally upfront with you, calls a more likely possibility in hour number two of the show. It is an ATP Monday, so keep the emails coming. RomanHaveATake.com. Your tweets will be read momentarily. And we're talking baseball in an entertaining fashion, I promise. I am not breaking down the wild card race here in mid-July. But maybe because baseball was my first love, maybe because when the world zigs, you got to zag a little bit, I understand the NFL is king. I'm going to the NFL in 15 minutes. I'm going to try to figure out where DeAndre Hopkins should and will land. But I think it's better for all of us as sports consumers when baseball is relevant, and this has been a phenomenal first half of the season. I'll tell you why coming up. As promised, your tweets. Mike D for three. We love the NBA and it's shiny happy people. Thanks, R.E.M. One for three, C.I. He is prolific. There is nothing wrong with the NBA's rollout of the name of the in-season tournament signed New Coke. How about the never-ending story, part two? If it's a never-ending story, did you need that? Executive producer Tom was helping me. We could just go with the acronym IST because it's the blankiest dot, 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 lousiest idea in a while. As a sports hunk, Webbs, if I was Wemby, I'd rather deal with Bill Lambeer punching me in the face than Larry Brown. It is not a dumb Monday. We're not cranking it up on the program. Geoff and Lincoln is in. Oh, come on. Don't sell yourself short. You're clearly as good as the six favorite guest host. Thank you. And then finally, Jake in New York City. 
Desperate to know who is higher on the jungle power rankings of Phil and Host, the third unknown Sklar brother. If there was a third brother, he would be here. And I'm looking forward to the return of the Sklars. They will Sklar it up again. They were great last week. They'll be back Wednesday and Thursday. So is it the unknown Sklar brother, JT the Brick, or an actual Brick? I know many of you would prefer just a piece of masonry right here. So long as that brick through AI could read your tweets, you'd be happier than what I am giving you. And I'm going to give you four solid minutes of enthusiasm over baseball. And this is not fake hustle. I am not auditioning for MLB Network. They're not hiring because no one is. Rob Manfred is detestable. It is amazing that I can compartmentalize, appreciate baseball, knowing it's been run into the ground by a loathsome figure like Rob Manfred. And good for Seattle. I'm surprised we didn't get any Ken Griffey Jr. hanging out in the steam room with me tweets. Leave the kid alone. He's not playing anymore. Maybe he likes a McRib or two. He looks like he's living his best life. He doesn't have to fit into a suit <laughs> that makes sense anymore because he's now a former player. But Rob Manfred getting booed repeatedly yesterday, and I watched some of the MLB draft because I have no life and I cover college baseball. Good to see some Stanford players going where they deserved. Manfred getting booed lustily was wonderful. Having no idea. There's a little thing, and also you probably know it by just watching television. Because they have money and they spend it on marketing. There is a university called Grand Canyon University. It's a legitimate institution of higher learning. They produce major league players. When my man, he, he is just such a cretin, came out and announced a player from Grand Union. I'll just take you back briefly because I do want to talk about Home Run Derby. Grand Union was one of the most popular chains of grocery stores on the East Coast in the 1980s. I used to go to the Grand Union growing up in the suburbs of New York City. That or the A&P. That's how non-contemporary that reference was. Clearly, he had never heard. I'm sure the car did not say Grand Union. The guy is an Ivy League trained lawyer, which also tells you it doesn't matter where you go to school, as I am a living testament of every day. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Room. More of your tweets coming up. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. You can slide in with phone calls on the docket. I promise hour number two, 1-800-636-8686. So despite the absolute horrendous absence of leadership from the man who told us that a trophy is nothing but a hunk of tin and now has some regrets about how he handled the Astros situation after the fact. Despite that, baseball is having a marvelous year. And tonight, Home Run Derby is, all right, semi-interesting. Now, I can't ask Otani to do everything for the league, and he's participated, as you know, in Home Run Derby in the past. Aaron Judge has done it as well, and Yankees desperately need Judge to figure out what's going on with that toe. You need a toe, Donnie? I'll get you a toe. But when the Yankees are firing their hitting coach midseason, first time that's happened, and Brian Cashman apparently has a lifetime appointment like the Pope in his quarter century as GM. The Yankees now are panicking, and they should. Without Judge in the lineup, they have the worst batting average in all of baseball. Even when you factor in, prior to him going down when he got tangled up with the fence at Dodger Stadium, they have the third worst batting average in Major League Baseball. But if I'm looking tonight, 
as to what could stand out, Pete Alonzo, not only having won it a couple times, understands the medium. He's got a big personality. He's fun. I'll watch that. Mookie Betts is being generous to baseball by showing up. He doesn't have to do this, but here's another guy that even casual fans will know about. Vlad Guerrero Jr., terrific story on several levels. His own inherent talent, his old man won it in 2007. But since all we do, and I'm guilty of it, is complain about these gimmicks and say it used to be better, and I agree, and steroids in many ways are a scourge, they also save baseball. And when Mark McGuire was roided up to his gills, that was entertaining at Home Run Derby. Same thing with Barry Bonds. But we crush the slam dunk contest every year. It's unwatchable. It should be taken out back like old Yeller and put down. But what happened this year? Mac McClung at least saved it for one year. So maybe I know this is a big ask and I'm already being more Hype, uh, hypocritical than I normally am. I'm Brian Weber, groping for words at Jim Rome's wonderful spot here on the radio, CBS Sports Radio, 1-800-636-8686. Not everything has to suck. Not everything has to be terrible. I realize the field could be better. If Ellie De La Cruz was there tonight, it would be must-see TV. He was invited. He, quote-unquote, did the right thing because he wanted to put the team first. He's 21 years old, six foot five infielder. I don't know what the six tool is, but if it exists, he's got it. This guy is the total package, and I'm talking about Cincinnati baseball here in July. When's the last time I did that? Rob Dibble was on the mound? So you have all these young stars across MLB. We'll see Adley Rutschman tonight in Home Run Derby. I'm not saying he's Buster Posey, but he has some similarities. Corbin Carroll having a phenomenal year, although Arizona cooling down the Dodgers now mathematically in first place in the NOS. So, while baseball can never get out of its own way, while it has an absence of leadership by a clownish buffoon running the sport, you can't kill the game. And the pitch clock has changed everything. I'll talk more about baseball at the All-Star break. Would have been phenomenal to see De La Cruz tonight. I understand why he does not want to be a part of the festivities. It's not because it's going to ruin his swing. That's an urban legend. The, the folks who actually crunch the numbers have found that not to correlate. But still, baseball doesn't need my help. It's still a multi-billion dollar enterprise. But the sports world is better when baseball is at least in the conversation. And there's a lot of positivity Amazingly, surrounding MLB. I am Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Your voice can be heard at 1-800-636-8686. Emails, a possibility, RomeHaveATick.com. More of your tweets coming up in hour number two. Straight ahead, we're getting to the NFL because I want to be invited back tomorrow. So you had a report on Friday indicating that DeAndre Hopkins has narrowed his free agent choices down to Tennessee or New England with the small chance that Kansas City Still could be in the mix, given all of their offensive issues, should the Pats go all in and pay Hopkins whatever he wants, trying to resurrect that hideous offense. That's coming up. First, time for a sports update. Pat Boyle has all the details. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, 
person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Always having a good time with you whenever I'm lucky enough to be in for the Hall of Famer. I give out the phone number for a reason. I'm open to taking some phone calls in the next hour of the program. 1-800-636-8686. Keep the tweets coming. B.W. Weber, Weber with two B's, more of your Twitter interaction coming up at 20 past the hour as we ease into hour number two of the program. And it is an ATP Monday time to ask the pros where you, the clones, could ask me a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to CBSSportsRadio.com slash ask the pros, submit your question. Be listening later in the show. I might answer your question. Thank O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. As we get set for the second hour of the program, we're going to tackle NFL conversation here. An hour from now, we'll head back to what's working for Major League Baseball. I feel like I've wandered into the field of dreams. I was working on Wonder Boy. I have a little bit of a wood shop area back here during the sports update. Somehow I care about baseball. Maybe I just need something to believe in in my desperate life. We're going to incorporate our first guest an hour from now, meaning more opportunities for you to interact. Coming up in 60 minutes, we'll talk MLB with a longtime, highly respected baseball journalist, Keith Law of The Athletic. I mentioned the Yankees. Absolutely anemic struggles at the plate. And their hitting coach paying the price. Well, according to reports, baseball insider John Heyman reporting that Sean Casey, the mayor, jungle legend, and you see him on MLB Network and other platforms, has accepted the job. He's going to be the Yankees' new hitting coach. I'm sure Jim is thrilled, even though he's on vacation. If you've been listening to this program for a long time, you know how much Sean Casey means to the jungle. And good for Sean. It's, in my view, a no-lose proposition. They literally cannot do any worse in terms of team batting average since Judge went down. They are dead last. And now you could say that's antiquated old counting numbers. You can run whatever sabermetrics you want. The Yankees have been dismal at the plate overall this year. Third worst batting average throughout the entirety of MLB. So when you get Judge back at some point coming up, whenever he feels like it, because he's not going to even articulate a timetable, nor should he, because once you put that out there, then the ravenous New York media, although seduced by Aaron Rodgers, are going to hold you to that timeline. Whenever we see Judge again, he's going to lift the Yankees just by his presence. But if you're Casey, you take the gig. Now you're back in baseball. If they start clicking at the plate, well, hey, correlation causation. All we had to do was change the inning coach, the mayor with his upbeat, ebullient on a big word Monday personality changing everything. We'll talk about it coming up with Keith Law. I got to get out of the hot tub time machine because I keep dragging myself back to 1993 when I cared about baseball. NFL, let me just say it for you one more time. NFL, I got your attention. It is intriguing. At this stage of July, and we're just a couple weeks away from the start of training camps, then we go all in, all football, all the time. 
that there are some big names still looking for jobs. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk about the running back position. According to reports over the weekend, Dalvin Cook has turned down an offer to sign with the Dolphins because he's looking for more money. Smart play. There's no urgency to sign with anybody right now. Plus, he's a veteran. He can ease into camp. He's going to have to learn the new system wherever he goes, be it possibly the Jets. I think Miami is the most likely landing spot. We'll get there tomorrow. DeAndre Hopkins is the Odell Beckham Jr. of this cycle. Remember, Odell got $15 million guaranteed from the Ravens coming off an entire missed season because of the ACL. They're virtually the same age. Odell turns 31 in November. Hopkins just turned 31. Hopkins has seen his productivity decline, but he still was functioning when he was able to get on the field last year. Remember, he got popped for the PED suspension, caught 64 passes, but we're not that far removed from when he had a career high in receptions, uh, buck 15 back in the COVID season of 2020. So I'm not giving you my power rankings of where DeAndre Hopkins stands at this stage of his career, but he is a functioning wide receiver one, especially for a team that has a stagnant offense. Hence, the two teams that are most interested in him, according to reports, the two teams that he visited recently, Tennessee. If you'd like a fun exercise, if you're just looking to kill time at a local saloon, a watering hole, as we used to say, I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome, where the references never are within the last 25 years, 1-800-636-8686. Hit me up on Twitter, B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs talking. Damian Lillard in an entertaining way, I promise. Tipping off hour number two of the program, because I know many of you have hit the wall when it comes to Dame. Hopkins and Tennessee would be a radical upgrade because you can't name, even Alvin with a fantasy alert, fantasy alert, you can't name one wide receiver on the roster in Tennessee, nor should you. This is a collection of flossum and jetsum, as they used to say in Catholic school. These are not good players. And how do you think A.J. Brown feels right now? You didn't want to pay me? Fine. And they come to Philadelphia, I'm going to kick your rear end, and I'm going to go all the way to the Super Bowl. What a cataclysmic decision that was. Tennessee's in play. Do you want to try to catch passes for Ryan Tannehill as long as he hangs on to that job? I wouldn't. But theoretically, especially when you're at the age of 31, Hopkins wants to get paid. So he has a couple different avenues he can go down. Kansas City would be a small money show-me deal. But he's going to put up huge numbers because everybody does in Kansas City. And that's what Travis Kelsey said in the Vandy Fair piece. And Travis can go away now. I don't need Travis on every platform. The Draymond Green of the NFL. And a terrific player. I'm not bashing his numbers in any way. But if you put him on Tennessee, do you think Travis Kelsey is hosting Saturday Night Live? He's part of what clicks in Kansas City. And because he's got Patrick Mahomes... Throwing him the football. Juju Smith-Schuster was productive last year because he was part of that system. And now he's in New England. So if you're Hopkins surveying the league, you have a decision to make. Do you sign for small dollars to jumpstart your career in Kansas City? Or do you want to get paid? And I can understand at the age of 31, wanting to get paid. And here's the other issue for Kansas City. They don't pay people because they don't have to. They can't pay him. 
And this is not just boring capology. They have the least amount of cap space in all of football. So they'd have to massage the numbers. So let's just be realistic. Hopkins choosing between Tennessee and New England. New England, if you're Robert Kraft, who has to be more hands-on, should write the big check. Because for all of the justified bashing of Zach Wilson that has gone on, and the Coug Hunter is out there living his best life, did you watch that game between the Jets and the Patriots at Foxborough? Where do I go to get those three and a half hours of my life back? And it wasn't just the Jets' offense being dreadful. Mac Jones couldn't do anything, in part because the Jets' defense is that formidable. Also because the Patriots' offense is terrible. Now, some of that comes down to the professional malpractice of having Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as your brains trust. Just the removal of those two dunces and bringing in Bill O'Brien is going to help Mac Jones. But I think we all know that Mac is serviceable, more of a high-end game manager. You're hoping that he can replicate the form we saw in his rookie year. But what's that saying? Top 18, top 20 quarterbacks? If you want to give him a fair chance, get him a legitimate wide receiver one. And even though the output has diminished in recent years in Arizona, Hopkins still, in my opinion, has that potential. Plus, Bill Belichick should start winning now. And I'm not going to overreact to Robert Kraft saying he needs a seventh ring to feel good about where he is in life. He's 82 years old. He's had a great run, and let's hope he lives forever. I'm not trying to get him to the big owner's box in the sky. But if you're listening, Kraft put out similar comments at the NFL owners' meetings about, well, it's been a minute since we won a playoff game. Belichick needs 30 regular season wins to pass Don Shula. Patriots won eight games last year, missed the playoffs. Vegas hasn't projected to win eight games this year. If you're Belichick, are you really going to push your luck with Kraft and see if you can hang on, hang on? Because he also needs 13 losses to have the all-time lead in that dubious category. So for his own self-interest, passing Shula and becoming the all-time winningest head coach, for the positivity of a quarterback who floundered last year in Mac Jones, it makes complete sense in my estimation to pay Hopkins what he wants and have at least a semblance of a realistic modern offense. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. You can slide in 1-800-636-8686. More of your tweets coming up talking NBA to tip off hour number two of the program as we roll on on CBS Sports Radio. It is another hour of the program. Always a delight to play a small role in the biggest and most important show in our industry. 1-800-636-8686. With the promise, I am open to taking a phone call in 20 minutes. And I can see a couple lines are still blinking. So thank you for your patience. Even though I told you an hour ago you could drift back. I try to be as transparent as I can be. That's why it really hurt me so much. If we can just have a moment to start the second hour of the program. When I saw the power rankings that the JTP were putting together yesterday of the guest host. And I realize it's evolving. I realize it's not a scientific evaluation. But when I only landed at number seven, now Tom gave me the update, I've moved up to six and a half. Apparently there's a tie for sixth. Maybe if, if I keep it going, 
today and tomorrow, and I'm back with you on Friday. Shh, don't tell anybody. Maybe I'll crack the top five. So I have an incentive to work even harder as I try to pat myself on the back because I can't move in this chair. It's an ATP Monday. We want your emails, RomanAvatake.com. I'll address that in the final hour of the program. 20 minutes away from more of your tweets. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. We'll bring in our first of two guests coming up in 40 minutes. Somehow I'm drinking the baseball Kool-Aid once more. Looking forward to our conversation with Keith Law of The Athletic. We'll put the historical brilliance of Shohei Otani in context. 32 home runs at the break, roughly the same pace that Aaron Judge had last year on his way to 62. Otani, top three in the RBI column, top five in strikeouts, and the Angels won in nine in their last 10 games. I'll create what I hope is a coherent argument that the Angels should trade Otani in the next few weeks, understanding they probably won't, primarily for economic reasons, because so long as he's in the hunt for matching what Judge did last year. Tickets will be selling even more briskly here in Southern California than they already are. We're talking more football in 20 minutes. It's the silly season, and hopefully by now, you hope I, I hope that you realize I do my best, and, and as an audience, you should hope for more than Mount Rushmore's and lists. But you get a lot of that this time of the year. I will use ESPN's rankings not of the fill-in host here in the jungle, but of the rosters across the NFL. There's a recent Super Bowl champion ranked second to last. And rock bottom, rock bottom are the Arizona Cardinals for understandable reasons. We still don't know when Kyler Murray is going to be fully available coming back from the torn ACL. I'll give you the details coming up in 20 minutes. I think the answer will surprise you. I have a general sense as someone who consumes as much sports media as fast food of when the audience gets full. That's why I did not lead the program, nor mention beyond the forward promotion, any Damian Lillard analysis in hour number one. We'll get back to what we saw Victor Wembanyama do last night in the stark contrast from the sluggish performance in his summer league debut on Friday. That's coming up in the final hour of the program. I know a lot of you just don't want to hear Damian Lillard's name uttered anymore. Let me take you behind the curtain. Some of this is a media construct because many shows need topics in the early stages of July. Not everybody, this just in, actually wants to work in our business, so it's not that hard. There's a little thing called a search engine, and you could come up with talking points about baseball, but then you have to pay some attention. Well, why do we talk NFL every day? throughout the year because we all know the NFL. And why does NBA free agency have much more luster than it used to? Because it's a more straightforward topic. So how many summers of blank have we all gone through either in the where is Aaron Rodgers going column, the Dak tag saga, and I'm having flashbacks as a veteran of these summer shifts, or NBA free agency, name the big name, Where is he going, or can he force his way off his current team? So that's how we've arrived at Damian Lillard. And I do think the timing is more than coincidental. The report from Sam Amick, friend of the program, does a great job of covering the NBA for the Athletic, was dropped last Saturday. Lillard officially wants out. And when I read that, my thought was, what took Dame so long? 
Because however you view what he does on the court, and I don't know how you could bash him, guy is a top 15 player. Just look at the numbers. And if you watch him stylistically, I love how Lillard plays. He's a real creative guard who can do it all. From a standpoint of emotion, and I think emotions now are more part of the calculus than they should be, he has been incredibly loyal. He's been too loyal. He's burned at least two years of his prime by staying in Portland. Now, your thought could be he does have a contract. I understand that. We're talking about the NBA. Context matters. The NBA is driven by their superstars. Every star who wants out gets out. And the vast majority of the time, they go where they want to go. The exceptions would be, I think they are the exceptions that prove the rule. Remember when Paul George made it clear he no longer wanted to play for the Pacers? And conventional wisdom said he was on his way to the Lakers? Well, I guess Indy misheard that because they got the letters confused. Instead of L.A., how about OKC? But he still wound up in L.A., just had to have the respite in Oklahoma City. I remember sitting in this chair not too long ago talking about the future of Donovan Mitchell. Spider, where's your shine box? And we kept hearing with every NBA insider joining us, it's a done deal. He's going back to New York Tri-State area. He's going home. Well, he went to Cleveland. But other than that, typically when a superstar, and Mitchell's not a superstar, Lillard is, plus he's got more equity involved in Portland than Mitchell had in Utah. When a superstar wants out, he gets out, and typically he goes where he wants to go. So when we get to the end, whenever we get through this labyrinth of rumor, innuendo, speculation, plus those of us who enjoy throwing things in the trade machine get to concoct three and 14 deals to make the salary cap work, whatever the details are, I think we all know that Lillard winds up in Miami. Now, Portland doesn't, quote-unquote, owe him anything. Always a loaded word, like deserve. But in reality, we know he's never going to play for the Blazers again. Now, they could send him to a place he doesn't want to go. You pick whatever the modern version of basketball Siberia is. For years, when I covered the Golden State Warriors, probably my fault— Oh, just a quick thought on Draymond Green. You realize Draymond won, right? On every level. Flat out punched Jordan Poole in the face. Caught on videotape. Stepped aside on his own terms. Came back when he wanted to. Poole was never the same. Warriors so desperate to get rid of Poole and also placate Draymond that they sent him here, Siberia, Washington, because they would take the $128 million. And the Warriors took back Chris Paul just to get Poole off the books, just to solve the problem created by Draymond Green, who apparently not only crushed Poole's face, but snatched his soul in the process. And now you have Chris Paul, who's 117 years old, never healthy, and ball dominant in every sense of the word. It's a Crank Monday. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Hit me up on Twitter, B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs. You're telling me that Chris Paul upgrades the Warriors in any way? Come on. We, we know why he's there. It, it was all in an effort to unload Poole. And uh, the Warriors, in my mind, are making a play not only from the standpoint of continuity, because remember, Joe Lacob says they're light years ahead of everybody, and I'm a Warrior fan. 
I have checks in the old days with the Warrior logo on it when I worked for the team as a sideline reporter. The Warriors are prisoners of the past. Tell me how they've gotten tangibly better in the offseason. I, I guess the hope would be that Clay Thompson finally replicates the form of the past, now fully healthy, but everybody's older, and the West continues to improve. And that's the Damian Lillard situation. You notice we're not talking about any possible landing spots for now with Lillard going to the West. That's what makes, if he goes to Miami, so interesting. And whatever Portland gets back, to me, is just a standpoint that, and it's fully justified, but a standpoint of a, a negotiating approach is they have to get maximum value. And the threshold has been set, and it's been raised in recent years, For years, Anthony Davis wanted out of New Orleans, and he was going to L.A. He spoke it into existence. Three number ones came back. Then, with the Durant situation, we heard Phoenix many, many times. A little bit different with Matt Ishbia because he's a fanboy because he loves basketball so much. Maybe Isaiah told him, throw in the four first-round picks. Go back to last summer. Rudy Gobert yielded four first-round picks. So, however it has to be assembled— Miami kicks in a couple first-round picks. Clearly, Portland does not want Tyler Hero. Nor does Miami. Nobody seems to want the American Hero. If he's traded momentarily to the Blazers but never plays for Portland, they can flip him to another team for another first-round pick. So it's going to be three or four first-round picks, maybe a player that we've heard of, and then a bunch of dudes. Because Portland is doing what you have to do in the NBA. If you're stuck in the middle, you have no future, and they weren't even in the middle. You've seen the Blazers, hopefully, and probably not, because they've become irrelevant. And this in no way, I know Portland's a great affiliate of this program. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. Phone calls a possibility in 10 minutes, 1-800-636-8686. More of your tweets are guaranteed. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Portland is a tremendous basketball town. Rip City for a reason. I've spent the last 35 years on the West Coast. So I am not bashing Portland through ignorance. I'm saying they become irrelevant in basketball, and the way they hope to rebuild is by tearing it down to the studs and getting maximum value for Dame in return. That's why his agent is doing the right thing. You could say that it's underhanded. You could say it's duplicitous. But Aaron Gordon, if you believe the Adrian Wojnarowski report and Woj, a friend of the program, the most esteemed basketball insider, is also in the relationship business. That's how you get all of this information. You're a broker. It feels like he's got good relationships in Portland because Woj keeps holding the line that Blazers don't have to send Lillard anywhere. Doesn't doesn't have to be Miami just because he says so. If you can deduce what's going on there, that is Portland putting it out to the basketball public and to other GMs you got to sweeten the offer because there's no deadline. And deadlines spur action, as we all learned in negotiating number 101. Getting to Yes is a book I recommend for everybody out there. Might get you a raise, might get you more accoutrements at your job. Deadlines speed things up. There's no reason for Portland to do anything right now. What's a soft deadline? Training camp? Because you don't want teams being asked about On photo day, hey, you want Damian Lillard on your club? Everyone's going to say yes. You don't want Dame having to come in the gym again and 
be on the receiving end of a barrage of questions. So I'd go October would be a theoretical deadline. We're still in July, so this could take a while. But whenever we get to the final destination, Aaron Gordon is trying to move it along. I don't think he is doing anything unethical. In fact, I would I'd take the counter view. He is doing precisely what an agent should do, which is keeping the interest of his client in mind and being zealous in representation by telling other teams, ah, if you trade for Dame, he might not be happy. Now, is that a threat? Ah, who says it's a threat? You, you didn't hear me. Help me help you. The inference is you don't want a disgruntled superstar, and that's why it always works out this way in the NBA, because the superstars run the league as they should. The NBA, without the guys who can force their way to other teams, would not exist. It'd be this in-season tournament gimmick, whatever it is. Going to be really interesting to see if anybody decides to play in those games or load management's still going to be the dominant thought even in the early stage of the regular season. So with an agent putting it out there that you don't want Dame coming to your town because it's Miami or bust, it's going to be Miami, in my opinion. And when he gets there, think about Miami with Damian Lillard as your centerpiece and aging Jimmy Butler. We forget now he's in his mid-30s and all of the mileage that playoff Jimmy has accumulated and the evolving offensive outlook of Bam out of bio, that's a real solid big three. Now, you've lost Max Struess. Okay, he's just a dude, but that's what Miami does. Friend of the program, Gabe Vincent got paid. Good for Gabe. UC Santa Barbara in the heezy. And then a bunch of undrafted players because we've all become so familiar with the heat culture. Lowered to Miami, changes the balance of power in the East to a degree, but I would still have Milwaukee so long as Giannis is healthy in front of him. And Milwaukee did precisely what they had to do in this free agency cycle. Paying Chris Middleton. The Lopez twins have reunited. I realize it was a rough conclusion to what was a magnificent year for Milwaukee in the regular season. If you're the top seed, you can't lose to an eight seed. It never happens except for a handful of opportunities. But if you watch those games, a few were very odd in the final quarter. Milwaukee blowing big leagues and more to the point, Giannis was hurt with a back injury. So Milwaukee with this core, even with lower to Miami, in my view, the team to beat in the East. Boston, I don't understand necessarily the internal dynamics of the Celtics. And we'll talk about this coming up in an hour when we check in with Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report. We all saw beyond Joe Missoula being overmatched as a first-year coach. We all saw evidence on the court. A Boston team that made the NBA Finals the year before brought everybody back and upgraded the roster with the Malcolm Brogdon addition. Just was not the same. And yes, coaching was a major liability, but it seems like there's something amiss in the tandem of Tatum and Brown. And maybe Marcus Smart was part of that. Now that he's gone to Memphis, and Porzingis is okay. You need more depth on the front line. But tell me the big game that Porzingis has won for anybody. Plus, he has been injury-prone as well. But this feels like addition by subtraction because Smart, now that he's gone, 
according to reports, had to go because he was so domineering with his personality in the locker room. Plus, you saw all those awful shots he took, especially in that one playoff game on the road in Philadelphia, both at the end of regulation, at the end of overtime as well. But is Boston going to figure it out? Do Tatum and Brown work? I need to see it. And at last check, the max possibility, super max, 295, all in if he reaches every incentive, still has not been finalized between Jalen Brown and the Celtics. I'm not getting into conspiracy theories. I don't think Boston is slow playing this to get Damian Lillard. Remember, though, as we wrap up these NBA thoughts, the moment Brown signs that deal because of the nuances of the new CBA and did I mention the second apron yet? Because I need some hobbies. I've been reading too much about how the CBA works. You signed a Supermax, you can't be dealt for a full year. I do think it's interesting that Brown has yet to come to terms on a deal that potentially could pay him all the way up to 295 NBA is insane. But I think that core group, so long as Brown and Tatum can figure it out, with all the depth on that roster, they're right there. So it's Milwaukee, it's Miami, it's Boston. It feels like more of the usual suspects. And the West, to me, with Bradley Beal coming to Phoenix, has much more compelling storylines to dissect. And we will do more of that coming up, final hour of the program, when we check in with Eric Pincus, a Bleacher Report. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. Hopefully that wasn't too painful. Doing my best to reframe things that you've heard a lot about and take a different slant, a different approach to what may become tedious. Phone calls could be in the mix coming up in less than 10 minutes. 1-800-636-8686. More of your tweets are definitely going to be read. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. We talk baseball with Keith Law of The Athletic. Get you set for home run derby tonight and the second half after the All-Star game tomorrow in Seattle. Keith does a marvelous job of covering MLB for The Athletic. Straight ahead. In addition to your tweets, more NFL. According to reports, the Rams shot Matthew Stafford in the offseason. Now they're stuck with the aging quarterback. Could L.A. be even worse this year than last year's tally of five victories? That's coming up. I'm Brian Weber, always having a good time with you. In for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio. Brian Weber back with you. Jam-packed Monday edition of the Jim Rome Show. Phone calls are going to happen in less than a minute. 1-800-636-8686. It is an ATP Monday, so keep the emails flowing at Rome and have a take.com. Your tweets are just moments away. In 15 minutes, we talk baseball at the All-Star break with Keith Law of The Athletic. Final hour of the program, we'll get into the disturbing allegations of hazing connected to Northwestern football and all that surrounds that story. But I'm going to take a phone call. I'm going to do it now because I'm a lousy clock manager. And I know I'll get caught up in your tweets. And Bruce in Landover, Maryland, has been very patient. Bruce, you're on with Brian Weber. How are you? Hey, how you doing, B-Web? I'm living the dream. What's going on, my man? Oh, boy, i tell you what. And, uh, you know, but slowly but surely, uh, B-Web, uh, we're going to have to just start uh, letting some air out of your balloon a little bit uh, because I don't know if you got any confirmation from, uh, uh, first of all, have you heard anything from uh, Andre Agassi's son, uh, uh, a delightful pitcher, 
nice third baseman, about six six and some change. Yeah, uh, plays for USC. I, I called one of his games against Arizona in May, so we checked that box. What else do you okay. have on the docket, Bruce? <laughs> Thanks for checking the box. I'll, I'll be with. And uh, I don't know if you checked in with Bob Costas or Al Michaels, uh, some of the pioneers of, of baseball, of the voices of baseball, and there's, and there's quite a few others. But, I mean, we're going to have to uh, put a pause on uh, on all this bandwagon jumping about the pitch clock and uh, and sound like, seem like, I don't know if it's you, B. Weber, but many are speaking for the majority, speaking for people. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. Let me ask I you a question. Co- What's your problem with the pitch clock? And I'm older than I sound. I'm 53. I'm a purist, but I also call college baseball, so I thought it would work. It's a much better TV product, in my opinion, but you have the floor. Yeah. Um, but I, we have to, um, I mean, um, Again, uh, like you say, apples are apples, oranges are oranges, and the game, uh, and the, not so much saying the tradition, just the game, period. You know, I played pitcher. I played I played the game. And how dare anyone tell me how, you know, uh, uh, my mechanics and, and everything like that. You don't tell me how fast I'm going to Bruce, pitch I'm just baseball. asking you to throw the damn ball in 30 seconds. And I know you don't <laughs> mess with Bob Gibson, but it's not 1968 anymore. Yeah. But I mean, B-Web, I mean, come on now. I mean, come on. I mean, this is just, I just, we're going to have to get some big, we're going to have to get some big people on, on the show some, some at the round table, and um, and we got to get somebody to stop raising their hand, you know, just because they want to look cute uh, for, for, for Major League Baseball. Maybe they're giving them some, a, a extra box of Cracker Jack to, to agree <laughs> Bruce, with I got to jump but, in. How about this? You get Bob Costas on the phone, Al Michaels. Better yet, we'll do it in person. We'll meet at Jimmy's Famous Seafood in Baltimore. I'm buying, and you and I are going to break down the state of MLB. Sound good? Great. Be well. Thank you, my man. Bruce, going with an Agassi kid reset. Pretty good genes there between Steffi Groff and Andre Agassi, and he plays baseball. Smartest decision he could have ever made. You don't want to be out there as Andre Agassi's kid trying to play tennis. By the way, I'm not talking tennis, but you should know a guy named Chris Eubanks, who you've not heard of, a tremendous grinder in American tennis, great college player, Georgia Tech. He's been out on tour for several years, working hard, working hard. He had the breakthrough win on the grass surface in Mallorca, Spain, a week ago. He's been working with Kim Kleisters, the Hall of Famer, adjusting to the slippery conditions of playing on grass. Well, he just took out... 706 pass of Wimbledon. We have an American male all the way into the quarterfinals at Wimbledon. I don't know why I felt needed to pass that look. Oh, the Agassi recent. Okay. I do not want to get sidetracked on the pros and cons of the pitch clock. Plus, I have your tweets coming up, and I have to talk about Matthew Stafford. In my opinion, and I wanted to give Bruce context, I'm not that young. All of my references should tell you I'm not that young. But baseball had become unwatchable with the combination of the shift and analytics taking over, saying never put the ball on the ground because, quote-unquote, you're wasting it out. So what happened? It was all or nothing at all. Warning track or a home run. It's a much better product now. And don't tell me, Bruce, you can. I'll be back tomorrow on Friday. One call a week, though. We have limitations here. Don't tell me we cannot have the pitch clock in the postseason because I'm already hearing that. The game has changed. We're not going to have two different setups 
Take the ghost runner gimmick off the table. We're not going to have regular season baseball with a pitch clock. No pitch clock in the postseason. And I've said what I want to say. We have a lot of verbiage here. All right, I'm going to hold off on the Matthew Stafford thought because it'll hold. Unfortunately for the Rams, he's not going anywhere. A friend of the program, Mike Lombardi, does a great job on VEASAN these days. You know, his relationship with Bill Belichick and all the rings he won in New England. Lombardi had a Lombardi bomb on Friday, mentioning on a talk show that the Rams were shopping Stafford and willing to eat some of his $57 million that became guaranteed. That's a preview of what I'll tackle later on. All right, I mentioned that among the things that makes Rob Manfred extremely bad at his job is a lack of likability. And look, I work in a world of optics. Once you can fake sincerity, you got a big future in show business. But you would think, for all the money they're paying Manfred, he could spend a half hour with a consultant, tell him how to smile a little bit, just go through the basic automaton that we learn in our formative years of mirroring people, how to act like a human being. He, he just refuses to. And I love that when he came out on the draft coverage last night and was handed the card, he clearly had never heard of Grand Canyon University and went with Grand Union, just a reset for E-Money's tweet. Yeah, Grand Union College is legit. Regards, DeVry. Thank you. What else do I have? Wooden Laconic. When I first heard of Victor Wembanyama and Britney Spears' interaction, I assumed Britney was the one getting tapped because she tapped him on the shoulder. I'm going to clean that up in real time. I really should pre-read these, but I got very passionate with Bruce there about the pitch clock. Salt and Weba, this whole Brichter Wembustyama thing drives me crazy. I just can't sleep. Signed. Baldy Spears, V in the fee, who's feeling it coming off his very strong top 10 performance in the smack-off. V, I'm, I'm out there soliciting phone calls like I'm a salesman. You can pick up the phone. I'll let you slide in. No parody Larry today, but I'm back on Friday as well as tomorrow, and we'll see what kind of frame of mind I'm in. Finally, Marty in Seatown. Brian, we just like to say Bob Huggins is not a sleazeball. Sincerely, those two dirtbags who stuff lead weights into fish's stomachs to win a fishing tournament. I was not intending on talking Bob Huggins because it is so self-evident as to what's going on. Now, I was here in the last fill-in cycle in May when we were reacting to his homophobic slurs that he said very breezily and very casually on a radio show in Cincinnati. At that point, I said, any functioning university would part ways with their basketball coach understanding I think I hedged that he would survive because of where he coached at formally what he meant to that program and contractually they gave him effectively a lifetime deal so he bought his job he saved his job giving a million bucks back you think that would have been a wake-up call to a degree have you ever heard of zero tolerance moving forward? Then he gets popped for the DUI. Now, there is the assumption of innocence. We heard the report of a BAC in the high ones, right? One eight, one nine, something ridiculous. He hasn't been convicted yet. Still, now his attorney's coming back and saying 
He never resigned. So whatever you're doing moving forward, West Virginia, your coach is Bob Huggins and what's going on here. Obviously, this is a shakedown. He's just looking for cash. So the the hubris is amazing. The, the stones is overwhelming. But clearly, Bob Huggins has no shame. If he did, he would have resigned after the homophobic remarks made on that radio show in Cincinnati. But he's still delusional enough to think that he's bigger than the university. And you can understand it to a degree. Just take a step back and think about it objectively. Because he's been enabled for so long. He got the first DUI in Cincinnati. A lot of people don't get a second opportunity. Gets a lifetime contract at his alma mater and felt like, and the latest legal move confirms that, he's bigger than the school. All right, I'll talk Rams tomorrow because I am going to go through more big-picture thoughts in the NFL. And as much as we keep talking about Kansas City and the Bills and the Eagles, all understandably so, it's going to be all Aaron Rodgers all the time. There's always a team or two that jumps up from obscurity. So I'm looking at the more challenging situations. We'll talk about that tomorrow. More phone calls to possibility in the final hour of the program. 1-800-636-8686. Straight ahead. We will say hello to our first guest talking baseball. With the news today, according to reports, Sean Casey, the mayor, friend of the program, is taking over as the Yankees' (laughs) new hitting coach. Whenever Aaron Judge comes back from this toe issue... Can he do enough to jumpstart the Yankees' stagnant offense? Looking forward to checking in with Keith Law of The Athletic first. Time for a sports update. Rich Ackerman has all the details. Good night now! 